Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here today to talk about a concept that's been coming up a lot on some conversations I've been having with clients and prospects, but it is a concept that I think is really important to the state of legal marketing today, things you have to do from an intake perspective, and just where marketing has been tending to go over the last 10 or 20 years. So I was really struggling to find the initial attribution for this, but I believe it was originated by Charlie Munger in one of the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder reports. I cannot find the specific gear to save my life. But anyways, it's a very interesting concept and it's talking about game theory of one thing in particular, which is auctions. So if you think about whether you'd rather be the auctioneer or somebody who's participating in the auction, who's more likely to win? The fact of the matter is that the auctioneer is going to win every single time there's an auction. And moreover, the more people that are added to participating in the auction, the less likely it is, just from a sheer numbers perspective, that one individual person participating is going to win. And also, it's going to become more expensive in general for, for that one person to win the more people that are there, right? So sounds like kind of a duh realization, but if you kind of think about it, this is a huge trend that's been happening in the world of marketing, specifically in consumer services marketing over the last 10 or 20 years. So let's think about Avo. Let's think about Justia. Let's think about Yelp. You know, if you want to talk about AdWords and some aspects and, and kind of bidding on pretty common keywords, it's, it actually also applies to Google. But basically, what side do you think that you're on in that interaction? Are you the auctioneer or are you going to be the person who's participating? And the thing is that if you're in a situation where you are next to 10, 15, 20 other lawyers, chances are that you're the person who's at the mercy of holding up a paddle and her hoping that the auctioneer picks you. And in this case, the auctioneer is the consumer, right? So if you kind of look at by the numbers, again, this is like I've said, this has kind of been a trend for the last 10 or 20 years, but uh, I actually ended up looking this up for the podcast, but Avo's actually raised, I believe, $132 million between its seed and its Series E round, and I believe they were acquired. But similar numbers have been raised for like stuff like Thumbtack, Home Advisor, um, all these different things that are, are generally pertaining for the service industry in general, right? And again, you guys don't have too much in common with a plumber as far as your day-to-day, but as far as being a service niche, that's basically what attorneys are, right? So why are why is the smart money pasting hundreds of millions of dollars on this. What's the thesis here, right? So this whole model, and again, this is true of all these different platforms, but it's also true of stuff like Google, is that we're going to aggregate the one side of the market, in this case, attorneys, and then the consumers are going to keep coming back because they have some sort of a combination of transparency and knowing how these people perform, um, having access where that might have been difficult to do before. And then, of course, there's going to be some sort of a price pressure because they're going to be able to play people off each other. Right. And there's some pretty ridiculous examples of this. I know um, Thumbtack and, and it's very rare that I find people that are using this are attorneys, but there are people who actually will submit quotes to Thumbtack, just kind of a blind auction. Here's, you know, what you're going to name your price for for a will or whatever the service ends up being. And that's what people actually have to do. So it's it's pure. It's a silent auction, which is even worse because you have to bet against yourself before you even get to speak to anyone, right? But um, the reality is basically the consumer is in control. The consumer is the auctioneer. And if they don't like anything from the way you spell your name to the way that your front desk answers the phone, then they can just hang it up and call one of the other 15 attorneys that are going to be on the page right next to you, right? 
So I don't want to be chicken little here about this because there's obviously firms that do really well on Avo. Because if it wasn't the case, then you know the entire attorney side of that marketplace would end up dropping out, right? But the reality is that you have to play a completely different game in order to win here, right? And you can win any game that you want to set your mind to, but the important thing is that you have to be making sure that you're playing the right strategy for it, right? So the thing is that there's firms that win on Avo, there's firms that win on Google, right? But the reality is you have to start from the premise that you are in competition and you have to play like you're a couple of points down, right? So um, one of the things too, and I'll, I'll shout back to a, a previous episode that we did with Gary Falkowitz of Intake Conversion Experts. And he has something which he calls the blackjack assumption, which is you have to assume that they've called one firm before they called you. And you have to assume that they're gonna call one firm after they called you. If you go in with this assumption, you're gonna be doing things differently. When you answer the phone, you're gonna be trying to move the ball forward as fast as possible. If you have the opportunity to get somebody to an attorney or get to the point where they're signing a virtual retainer agreement or anything like that, you're gonna make sure you're doing that because you know that that person might not be here five minutes from now. And let's contrast that. You know, if a lot of times people sign up for these platforms, maybe it's the first thing they've been able to do outside of a referral, right? So they've got a nice little war chest going. They're like, okay, let's see how this Avo stuff works. Let's see how this Google stuff works. And then they take the people that are going to be reaching out to them and they're treating them with the same kind of margin that they have with somebody who's been referred to them. And I'll get more to that in a little bit later in the podcast. But basically, if that's the approach that you take, if you're playing in a competitive field as if it isn't competitive, At best, you're not going to be winning as often as you could. And at worst, you might be really disappointed with the platform. You might say, hey, this doesn't work. Or maybe you'll just say marketing doesn't work and you'll go back to referrals, which is its own other thing. But basically, this doesn't necessarily have to be about stuff like having, you know, 14 people on staff to answer calls in one second or the number of follow-ups, although I'll argue that always will help. But, you know, this can be things that you're differentiating on stuff like sending videos or getting client testimonials in there or, you know, scripting in a way that differentiates you when you answer the phone. Sky's the limit. But um, anyways, taking this to the extreme, we work with a company. I'll actually go ahead and shout them out. So that's Jason Allen and the team over at firmoutcomes.com. And they actually cut their teeth and they were really able to get these fantastic results out of leads that are even actually more commoditized than directories. And um, these are, you know, firms, I, I, I won't name names, but <laughs> I refer to them as musical chair leads because they'll basically, they're undifferentiated. They go out to five separate attorneys at the same time. And um, this happened to be in the practice area of bankruptcy, which is probably one of the most price sensitive markets out there. So how do they make it work? Basically, they had an intake process that's so sophisticated that the response was basically immediate and it would continue on for days and weeks until somebody was you know, calling them to take them off the list or were getting on the phone for a consultation, right? And that stuff still actually works to this day. So the moral of the story, once again, is that you can win any game, but you need to make sure you're playing to the level that the competition presents. All right, so now let's flip the script a little bit like that. What can you do on the marketing side that could make yourself different? How could you be at a point where you don't necessarily have to play that game, right? So essentially, we need to move you from the position where you're one of 15 attorneys who's holding up their paddle and hoping that the auctioneer picks them to going to the point where you are more of a monopoly, right? And there are a couple ways to do that. So one of the super easy ones that you might not know that you have already is if you're like most of the attorneys in the world is that you have these people that are coming in through referrals, right? So they know that you're not the only attorney in town that does what you do most likely, but you're most likely the only one that they have proof positive that is able to do a good job via whoever they ended up getting referred by. You also might've noticed 
that these people are probably less price sensitive in general and will probably move forward more quickly on average. So I'm going to actually posit that this isn't necessarily unique to referrals per se, but it comes from having monopoly power in a customer dynamic, right? They can't say, eh, I don't really like the way that this, you know, their front desk person answered the phone. I'm going to go call somebody else because it's not about you versus somebody else. It's about you who's a known quantity versus somebody else who's an unknown quantity. And I still, for the record, think the referrals are a super high power version of this, but that kind of magic, being able to command your own prices, being able to have a little bit more leeway on the intake and, and that kind of thing, that kind of magic is available if you can crack the code of how to be a monopoly in another way. I also think that niching works super well for this reason. Again, this isn't the first time it's been mentioned for legal marketing or even on this podcast, but you know, if you find somebody with a specific need and you specialize in that need, or at least you're perceived to specialize in that need, you're going to be a specialist monopoly versus a generalist commodity. So I give an example in my book that's pretty silly, but basically if you know that Im how immigration law works, I had a friend of mine from Canada who served notice that they were gonna be brought in for the Stokes interview uh, to prove that a marriage was genuine for the purpose of immigration. And if you happen to practice immigration law, you know that the Stokes interview is something that every single immigration green card case is going to prep people for, but you know, this person didn't end up knowing this. So she ended up looking up on Google and trying to find somebody and she found somebody who'd written an article that was titled with the meta Stokes interview attorney. And again, this is something that every single immigration attorney does. It's very, very, very standard, but because of how this ended up happening, there was a perception that this person was a specialist and that was a firm that they hired almost immediately, right? So in this example, there's partially a positioning thing. It's partially a channel thing. And it's partially a niche thing. But at the end of the day, it ended up working because they were a monopoly. They were the Stokes interview attorney, even though any single person that was an immigration attorney in New York could have done this. But because the perception ended up working. And I think the same thing goes for niche areas of personal injury and that sort of thing. So again, it's it's kind of tough to start the next Morgan & Morgan from scratch these days. But I have seen some fast-growing firms that are doing really, really well advertising for specific case types. So, you know, everyone's going to do motor vehicle accidents, but if you're the guy who specializes in motorcycle accidents, I've seen a lot of those firms doing really well, different parts of the country. I've also seen something going, uh, this is kind of another trend that I've seen is that people who are doing really well for languages outside of English and I'm honestly Spanish uh, at this point. You know? So it's going to be really tough to win against the big guys in town if you're just somebody who started their practice. But if your differentiator is the fact that you're the only person in the area that can speak Cantonese, that could be all you need to sign the case for somebody that that it's important to, right? And you can think of a lot of instances and that might be the case. But um, again, this also feeds back into something I've discussed earlier on, on other podcasts about you know new platforms versus proven platforms, right? So people know that Google AdWords is more or less a sure thing. Again, provided that you have the intake that's at the level that's required to succeed at this. But chances are you won't be the first person on that platform. The platform's been around for 20 years. There's plenty of people in the pool. You're not breaking ground. You can win with the right strategy, but you have to be ready to play against competition. So basically you have the choice of the pain of being a pioneer or the pain of being a hardcore follow-up guy and ruthless on your systems, all that kind of stuff. And again, I think like to kind of, to flip that a little bit, I don't think that being the first attorney who happens to be advertising on TikTok in your area is going to win you the business on its own. But if you have a differentiator beyond that and you're calling attention to it, then you can get the traffic that would be otherwise impossible or expensive to get to. So I'll close with this. Take a look. If you have a minute, just take a look and all the ways that you might be finding clients outside of referral and put them on a scale of one to 10 and literally write this down on a piece of paper. If you have a minute, 
10 would be a channel in which you have total monopoly power. And uh, maybe I'll take back not having referrals. You could probably start with putting that one there. And one would be being a total commodity. People don't really care if it's you versus any other warm body that's past the bar. So go ahead and put anything that you're doing right now. Go ahead and put anything you might have tried out on there as well. And just take a quick thought and say, how do these end up working for you, right? And see if there's any trends. And if you run into something that didn't perform the way you thought, I want you to consider what you could do to make it work or alternatively, a different channel that you could have so you don't have to face those problems from an intake perspective and, and maybe differentiate yourself. So I'm sure you're going to be able to find some uh, new ideas, but again, it's always important to start to look. So I will leave you guys with that. If you have anything interesting that comes up, I would love to hear from you. So just go ahead and, and go to casefield.com and submit a form if you're interested. I'd love to do a follow-up podcast on that. And that is it for today. And um, one last request, uh, if you guys have the time, you're getting value from this podcast, other podcasts we've put out, I want to ask you to share this program with one attorney that you like, who's a friend of yours, that you think could benefit from it. Um, we end up going through referrals just like other, <laughs> just like you guys, we end up going for the referrals. And I know I do kind of speak down on referrals sometimes uh, from a scalability podcast, but when we have it, it's great. So if you could go ahead and recommend this to somebody that you think could help, super appreciate it. And that is it for me. And I'll see you guys next week at 8 a.m. Eastern on another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.